You're smelling your Kirin and it's swirling it in the glass. Right you gotta let it breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 65. Today we just have updates to talk about, and that's about it. We've had uh, no time to discuss any segments, so we're just going to tell you what's been going on with us. How's and that sound? I think that uh, the past two weeks have been massive, massive weeks for us both. So um, yes. it, there's like so much news to share and things to talk about that yeah. I think that some uh, segment-worthy topics will emerge as we go. Mm. Um, so uh, why don't we sandwich nico between your two babies do you want to go easy and kick it off with baby two just wait in a little bit uh yeah i think that sounds pretty good let's see where's where are my notes 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 uh yeah so we had some issues though like last episode we got covid mm-hmm. and we were supposed to go to a checkup but that got canceled because of covid then uh boy rescheduled that one for the 15th and we were supposed to leave Coda and daycare and just go the two of us down there because I had to, some paperwork to sign and they had to kind of go over some like regulations and some of the procedures on the day of the C-section. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all got sick again, oh. uh, especially Coda. Coda started us off. It wasn't COVID this time. So we had like a almost a week. No, I don't even think it was a week. It was like three days of like free and clear everybody was feeling good mm-hmm. and then right before the weekend hit he got it's called human metanumovirus mm. and it's just as irritating as it is to say to experience all the symptoms mm-hmm. it's just like this nagging throat phlegm cough that just does not go away but when you're a little kid like a toddler you get a fever for like five straight days. Ugh. Yeah, so it was pretty terrible. So we, Moy went to that checkup. I stayed home with Coda, and uh, we rescheduled that one for, uh, when is that one rescheduled for? The 31st, I think? So it hasn't then, come yet. It hasn't come yet, so I'll have to go in then, and uh, they'll explain all the changes and uh, rules regarding COVID and when I can enter, when I can't, and sign some paperwork and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Other than that, um, Emma is 34 weeks, and she's 2,300 grams right now, and I guess doing very well, considering all the sickness that Moe's been through. Yeah, so it's um, you're looking down the barrel of a second baby, because 2,300 grams, I mean, then what, the, did you say the 36th week? Uh, 34. 34th week and oh, actually, is it 30 no it's 35th i'm sorry 35th and it yeah. goes 40 is standard right so five weeks away and less, i know right yeah yeah less, less. and because we're because our c-section scheduled ahead so oh, i think yeah, we're like yeah. three and a half or four weeks away right now goodness gracious also yep. i know when nico was born he was right at three thousand grams and you're at 2300 mm. grams so you're uh, you've almost got a full grown baby right there. Yeah, she's right in the middle road. Like there's 
there's nothing saying she's going to be like bigger or smaller when she comes out. So yeah, they're projecting just a very normal sized baby. Yeah. And that's by the Japanese average too. So right. Yeah. Japanese sized average baby. Yep. Sounds uh, good. That's where you want a kid right in the middle. Seems like less worry. Yeah. 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 It'll be good. Um, Hopefully we can make it to the next doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. Hopefully you'll make it to some doctor's appointment eventually. Where yeah, well we went to two sick. this week. They were just not for that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that's uh, that's crazy. How yeah, the Coda's really getting in there early, sabotaging his younger sister, and uh, he's trying to make her stronger. I think that's his okay. goal. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's tough love. <laughs> it's a tough love kind of house, I guess. Yeah. I make him uh, do the dishes already in vacuum. So yeah, that's how we do things. <laughs> this is a little bit serious, though. It's from a comedian. Chris Rock once said, if it's not tough love, it's not love. I just thought Ooh. that was that was pretty strong advice. But anyway, uh, so Coda's taken that to heart. He's obviously up on his rock. And, he is. Um, yeah. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Anyway, how's uh, how's Nico? Um. I'm going to go back through the past two weeks. I think a lot happened that's of note. He's 18 months. That happened. He's officially a year and a half that occurred within the last two-week stretch. Mm. Um, and something happened where he got a totally new personality, like we're dealing with a, a new like child. Dissociative disorder, kind of? like yeah, he's, uh, he's switched people. <laughs> yeah, he's having an out-of-body experience or schizophrenia or something. He's like, um, he became a new person, and it was, I think, chalked up to a couple of things. One was, as I mentioned last time, he went on the cruise. Oh, right. And he was just freshly back off the cruise, but it's like, it wasn't just an adjustment period. Maybe it just sort of like changed him or something being out on the open seas for a week. Hmm. Um, he's a lot, I don't know. He's a, a grizzled. Yeah. He's a lot saltier. <laughs> he's a grizzled old pirate now, but it's like um, when he came back, he was a lot needier. And then that has kind of persisted for a couple oh. of weeks now. And he's like, it, who's to say what the motivation is, but he was a lot more clingy, not only to me after having not seen me for a week, but also to his mom or to anybody. He's just hmm. like, I don't know if it just threw him off his game to be in a totally new, you know, environment on the ship and then doing that yeah. kind of lifestyle. Uh, but it's really thrown a monkey wrench into like the way he used to be about a lot of things. Um, you know, try to put him down for a nap and he'll just scream in your face for an hour and then wow. you know, eventually wear himself down into into napping. And that's been happening a lot more frequently. I mean, it basically never happened before, but now it's more than half the time. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, going to bed at night. He's just like flipped out about things and he's really fighting against things and then always oh. wants to be held follows you around and holds onto your clothes like as you're trying to walk around the house yeah um so i still think that the cruise was good i mean for one it's just i yeah. think it's important to get a lot of new experiences out of the way and then that'll toughen them up for further new experiences mm. um and then also his grandparents on the japanese side went on the cruise with him so it was like a week solid of one-on-one -on -one grandparent time Mm. Um, which that's great, you know, because usually you're looking for yeah. opportunities to carve out that kind of thing. You get one week of it straight, so that's good. But then the other thing that piggybacked on that was that he came back from the cruise 
I think he was here at the house for like three or four days. And that's when my mom and her husband, so another set of grandparents came and they lived in the house with us for two weeks. Wow. And um, they, we just dropped them off at the airport this morning, uh, just maybe six, seven hours ago. Hmm. So um, then it was not only like the cruise lifestyle back into the home, but now there's two people that he may or may not remember and they're yeah. there when he wakes up in the morning and when he goes to bed at night and all hours. I was so, going to ask, does he remember, you think? I think he warmed up to them better than he warms up to other people. So between staying okay. in the U.S. for four and a half months and seeing them really frequently, yeah. you know, that was when he was six months old to when he was about 10 or 11 months old. Uh, so who's to say what really sticks? But then hmm. also uh, he sees them in pictures and we do like FaceTime chats and stuff. So I think he had some oh, okay. familiarity. It's not as close to them right out of the gate, but he warmed up to them pretty quickly. Gotcha. Um, and by the end, he would walk up to him to be held and that kind of stuff. And nice. would be totally silly and everything. Uh, so, yeah, but I think that that was another monkey wrench thrown into the works of his personality and his routine. And it just like it throws him into such disarray emotionally that he's so high and so low and all over the map where he used to not be. Um, But again, I, if I had it to do over again, I would do it exactly the same way. Have them stay Mm. with us for like two weeks of grandparent exposure, which for the uh, foreign grandparents who live outside this country, it's very hard to come by. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, cruise, do it. It's, it's still good. And have the grandparents stay with you for two weeks, still good. It's just that the kid has to weather the storm pretty much, I think. Mm, yeah, that's true. The toddlers don't adjust so quickly to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, that's uh, what we've been seeing kind of on a daily basis. Mm. But um, anyway, it's just about, I think it's kind of like, you know, he's got to get vaccines. You're not going to not get vaccines because it hurts to get the shot, you know, so you get him the vaccine and then you deal with the kind of the fallout, you know, so um disrupting his routine in these big ways i think it's still good and then you just deal with the fallout in terms of how he has kind of like changed how he acts right but that fallout sounds like it's a lot of sleepless times <laughs> yeah it's a lot more stress ratcheted up i think you can do mind over matter as much as you want but then if somebody screams at you for an hour or two every day then yeah and when you try to take one step in the kitchen and somebody's like standing between your legs and that's kind of been the the name of the oh, game dude. recently yeah welcome to my life for the past yeah. couple months <laughs> yeah and he was already kind of a daddy's boy and i don't know he he's back to he likes mom and requests mom some now but it, it's just up and down is the thing now yeah interesting but um anyway i'm still highly in favor of all the stuff that we did uh, that's good but i do have this is many segments you know we're just overlooking segmenton from the nearby hills that's right looking down into segmenton not really entering it but my tips for having visitors like long-term people staying in your house yeah Yeah. and not only like uh you know sometimes a grandparent might live with you just to take care of the kid but this was also vacation for them um Mm. my wife's husband uh had never been to japan before not my oh, nice. husband, my my mom's husband, rather. Uh, <laughs> Is that a Freudian slip? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, my my mom's husband, let the record show, had never been to Japan before, and then my mom had been here, but you know she only been here once, and it's nice to get out and do things and see things. So um, 
I would say you have to plan one thing in the morning at the maximum. Right. And then there's going to be a hefty two hour nap in the middle. And then like one thing in the evening, uh, hmm. you, you can't think like, oh, we can go there and that's close to this. And then it, it's just a hop, skip and a jump away from the shopping area. Like just right. go do one thing, come right back home. So I think you were telling me that before. Yeah. Well, then it starts to seem kind of disappointing because like you can go out for a couple hours and then you're just trapped at home again. And after a week and a half of this, it's like, come on, let's, you know, let's get out and paint the town red. So then my next piece of advice is even if the people you've brought to Japan don't speak any Japanese at all and are not familiar with the currency and et cetera, et cetera, just eventually drop them off somewhere and let them mill around <laughs> Good by <luck>. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> because um not that they were like begging for us to be by their side the whole time, but um it just got to the point where it was like you'd go somewhere interesting, like, oh, do you want to see the supermarket? That could be fun. And then you go to the supermarket and like that's your outing for the day. Yeah. It's not like Japan, you know? So yeah. um it is it is in a small way, but uh, I took them to Kanazawa Station, which has all the shopping and it's a big right. built up area. And then there's a shopping mall right next to it. And I wrote down our address in Japanese on a slip of paper. And I said, there's taxis lined up in front of the station. So just mm. give them this slip of paper and they'll come right to our house afterward. Um, so right. they were out about in Japan for like five hours, six hours or something. That's good. And yeah, that was nice. Cause usually you can't get that mm. much time at a stretch when you've got the baby to take care of. You know, I always think about that. Like when people come over, I want to like kind of help them through it and like, guide them a little bit mm -hmm. but then like when i think back to when i was here and like moe would just go to work or something i would just be left to my own devices and basically fresh off the boat and you're just wandering around town yeah and that's kind of the best way to experience it it's really fun and it's yeah. when uh you know you can see for yourself like oh that place looks crazy and then you go into that place and, and then it's pachinko and you're it's like pachinko. Well, that's terrible <laughs> and you're like well it was crazy <laughs> i nailed it um it's uh and even if you go in and it's just like oh it's a barber shop it's like well that was cool i walked yeah. in and saw a crazy barber shop yeah uh, but like if you just have somebody showing you around they're showing you good stuff but you don't get that sense of like it's the difference between Right. like flipping through the channels and finding something you really like and getting that excitement and then yeah. like sitting down to Netflix and choosing the thing, you know, it's yeah. fun to just flip around sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's what they did. And then eventually that was a, kind of a fun thing in the trip. Just let them just set them free out in the city to rampage around. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit of advice uh, to give them some time away from you hmm. and the kid. Uh, then here's point three. Uh, it's kind of a question, but it's also something to ponder and maybe think about how you react to. But uh, it's the grandparents here who are going to spoil the baby. But it's more than just like if you're in the U.S. and you drop your kid off with the grandparents, maybe they'll spoil them by, oh, have a little cake, you know, for sure. your lunch or whatever. But now it's like two weeks straight. And how much do you let the grandparents just spoil the kid every single day uh -oh. versus how much do you tell them like? don't do that you know yeah so you have to figure out that line and in the end i kind of thought like you know your kid's not gonna be wild and horrible for the rest of his life because he was spoiled for two weeks at a stretch so mm. just let the grandparents have their fun more or less 
you're so, nicer than me. I don't think I would I would oh, say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. They kind of, you know, they didn't go full tilt because they know we do and don't do certain stuff, but then they still wanted to, you know, like they'll give them whatever they're drinking, which is some crazy sweet drink, you know, oh. and they'd be like, they'd give them a little bit out of the straw, you know, that uh. kind of thing. Um, and a little bit of like a cake or something with icing and like Nico had a lot of firsts in that way of just ridiculous sweet food. And then there's also mm. the buying of um, kind of little plasticky toys and just whatever he points right. at in a shop and they're like, I'll get it for you. And I do not want the house full of that stuff, but they know right. that. So then I think they were limiting themselves on just going wild, but still, you know, they would buy things here and there and I wasn't going to. Yeah, put that my, kind of stuff I feel like sets a precedent. Like he goes out then and he's pointing all the time now. And it's like suddenly yeah. this is a tantrum when you're like, nope, not buying that thing. Yeah. Hopefully um he'll come up against my iron will once or twice and learn that <laughs> there's no winning. <laughs> so Just let him ask for milk on a cereal yeah, and he'll exactly. lose. <laughs> yeah. And watch me slap the bowl off the table. No chance. So yeah. I think I can get him back down to earth on that sort of stuff. Um, maybe he'll realize, That's oh, good. it was it was grandma who did it. Um, so, yeah, I thought, yeah, let's just for the grandparents sake and for Nico to just have this kind of indulgent stuff. Um, let's go for it. Nice. So uh, that was something I had to think about a little bit. Like, do I say like, no, please don't buy him this little thing. But I didn't want to do that every time, you know. Right. So I kind of just kept my mouth shut about it and then they were being cool middle of the road rather than going full tilt. So it, it all worked out, I think. Yeah, that's good. And that would be my advice in that case. Hmm. Uh, my fourth piece of advice is um, this is very hard to avoid, but avoid like nice sit down restaurants. Um, what do you mean by nice? Well, like, uh, I mean, like nice, you know, like you're not uh, talking like a Coco's or a Gusto. I was just about to say Coco's and Gusto. That's OK. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, well, Coco, I was thinking of Coco's in particular. But um, the you're thing thinking is, like a hoonie or something. Yeah, that level of thing, or even like in a shopping center with you know floor to ceiling glass windows that look out on the town square, like that kind of oh, nice you know high you. end place. Because you've got your family visiting from overseas, so you're gonna want to have like the in laws meet the other in laws. You know, my parents, uh, my wife's parents, and they're gonna want to sit down to like a very nice high end right. dinner. But then you've got to bring the baby to that and it's going to start at seven and then it's going right. to go until eight thirty. you know it's that kind of thing so you're running up against a lot of sleep yeah. schedule and food's not being right and they don't have their high chair game sorted because they're a fancy restaurant and right so um it's oh it's such a pain it's like a torture for me going into a restaurant with a big family meal and trying to get the the baby through it i don't know how you feel about that if you just muscle through but it's like an anxiety yeah. attack for me every time we never go to those places oh yeah <laughs> like, God. we've been to gusto once coco's uh -huh. a couple times we go to in town here, there's a local nice place, but it's like a really small kind of corner restaurant bar. Mm -hmm. And so there's never more than like two of the customers. And she like puts us in the back corner where we can just kind of be noisy and do whatever. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. So we never deal with anything too stressful. I yeah. think I think we've been OK this far. Um, You know, 
even Coco's, I gave Coco's a pass because they're a family restaurant and they have like good high chairs and crayons and, you know, yeah. menus to color and they can keep a kid pretty entertained and an extensive kids menu. Yeah. Whereas like a couple nights ago in the fancy Italian restaurant, I was uh, feeding Nico like quattro formaggio artisan pizzas and stuff, you know, like you just have to uh, figure out like what he'll eat and then how you can feed it to him. But uh, um, yeah, actually, we did go to one place that was like that. It was uh-huh. like a wood-fired brick oven pizza place in town here. Yeah. But Coda does all right. I mean, we just gave him pizza and stuff and had some yeah. snacks. Yeah, Nico's good with the food. It's just like all of the environment. And it was kind of like, oh, oh we've got a jazz pianist and a singer and it's noisy anyway. And Oh, I see. Oh, trying to translate the conversation between the grandparents. And um, man, <laughs> it, it was it was like, it was spinning a lot of plates um to get through that pretty stressful it was also my wife's mother's birthday and so it was her her birthday dinner and it was just (laughs) all kinds of expectation heaped upon all kinds of expectation and then getting a baby through it and it was wow not designed with a baby in mind but um i would just say like it's expensive for one and so you're overspending on vacation all the time anyway so just like make your meals at home and have a nice Oh, it made spaghetti and had everybody over, and that's yeah. fine. And then the kid can r- like run around the floor and whoop it up. But and that's go crazy. like that's like American style, yeah. Even like birthday standards. Yeah. I feel like Japan's always like you just bring the kid to the thing you're doing, and then the the kid will figure it out. Kind of yeah. mentality. Yeah, it it goes that way here for sure. Um, they don't do the house party in Japan, so you have to no. go reserve everything. But yeah. uh, if you can swing it, like you and I can swing it because we have our houses set up in such a way, you know, to not yeah. be on top of other people. Um, but uh, I would say, yeah, try to rein it in and don't go mm. to restaurants, even though that's the vacation impulse is to go to a restaurant all the time. Right. All right. Uh, my last piece of advice, this is not really about the baby so much, but if you have people in Japan and they want souvenirs, go to a second street, which oh, is yeah. like used goods shop or whatever, and let them go hog wild yeah. and fill up an entire extra 50 pound suitcase with just random stuff from second street. Because yeah. book off too. Yeah, book off, hard off, comp off, kimono off, uh, second street, any of off house, any of those things. Yeah. Because like, if you think about the most authentic Japanese stuff, right, is the stuff that everybody has a bunch of. That's what makes it authentically Japanese. Mm. Like the way the dishes are, the cups or the, you know, types of clothing, children's clothing, children's toys, all that stuff. Everybody yeah. has a million of it. So then that means Second Street's flooded with it and it's really cheap. And yeah. then like when you bring it back to somebody in the US, they'll have no idea that you didn't spend $50 for this little dish. Yeah. because it, like it looks perfect and it's amazing i've never seen anything like this little lacquerware dish and it was 75 cents at second street you know it's like yeah. for that sort of buying um my uh parents just went hog wild in a second street spent a nice. hundred dollars and every like the most expensive thing they bought was five bucks they just loaded up 
at Second Street, and literally we gave them an extra suitcase to take home. And nice. now they'll look like the most generous people who have ever existed, giving everybody like dish sets and oh yeah, so many sets of clothing for. All and it seems so fancy back in America. <laughs> yeah, lacquerware. It's like, is there anything yeah. more Japanese than a lacquerware bowl for no. soup? And uh, with like a delicate little gold illustration on the side yeah. or something. Um, it was just crazy. I mean, they got so much and there was even like a discount bin and it was like a ceramic plate with some birds on it. And it was 50 yen. And <laughs> you could swear it was like $175 plates. Um, it probably but, was new. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Dude, the deal of all deals, we found, uh, what would you call it? A shock of fabric? Is that the word? Like a roll of fabric, you know? Oh, I have no idea. And we were at a kimono off that was part of a comp off book off, like everything discounted. There was this corner of kimonos and there was a roll of silk fabric that my mom wanted because she's buying a kimono as well, like a yukata nice. to use as a robe, you know? Yeah. And it didn't have a belt with it, but she found this fabric, silk fabric that matched really well. The silk fabric was 2,200 yen for the Damn. entire entire roll, which is like, yards and yards and yards and yards fabric and uh it was 2200 yen which is say like 16 dollars or 17 dollars or whatever so we were uh looking at it and then i found the original price tag from whatever kimono shop went out of business and dumped this off on the kimono off building um the original price tag was almost seventy thousand yen damn so you're talking about like maybe $550 worth yeah. of a roll of silk. Yeah. And she got it for about 15 or we'll say $17 or something. And yeah. um, that blew my mind. And it was like, yeah, take this back. Tell everybody you have a $500 roll of silk that you picked up in Japan. Well, yeah. And you can take that back and then just like portion it off and sell it. If you wanted to mm-hmm. use it for other stuff. I, I mean, kimono yeah. stuff here is kind of, I always equate it to like flannel. Yeah, back in America, it's like yeah. you see flannel everywhere. It's in like Ross, it's in Goodwill. Nobody wants it. Yeah, and it's kind of that way here because there's so much of it. It feels like. Yeah, well, that's I told her like take it back, take a photo of it with the price tag, and say here's about a five hundred dollar roll of silk. Uh, we picked it up in Japan. We're willing to let it go for three fifty. Right. You know, something like that. Put it on eBay or whatever. Um, and I'm sure you could get I don't know whatever. 10 times your money back at a minimum (laughs) but uh that that could be a business just moving silk back and forth um i think i just invented the silk road is that it i think i'm an import export genius from hundreds of years ago well done (laughs) my ideas are a little (laughs) worn out by now but uh second street is the way avoid like the i don't know what are they going to sell you at a tourist trap it's going to be like a little glass jar of sand that says comes oh, yeah. on the side or something you know something crazy like that or like made in china yeah. little toy cat or something just yeah. go to a second street get They've everything got the same ever thing <laughs> yeah exactly but it's a like real version of it right so that's my um souvenir shopping advice just go there for two hours you'll have souvenirs for people you've never even met before you just be handing them out to people on the street it's like yeah it's wonderful nice Okay, so to wrap up the Nico talk, uh, a couple of firsts that are kind of unrelated to the grandparents being here and the whole vacation experience. Uh, He went to his first bar a few days ago. Wow. Um, We were knocking him back already. He was knocking him back. He said, leave the bottle. 
<laughs> um, so we uh, were downtown at that fancy dinner and we had never really been downtown in the nightlife sort of, you know, 8 p.m. time window. Hmm. And my favorite bar of all time, Sturgis Rock Bar here in Kanazawa. Right. I highly recommend to everybody. Still never and, been there. Oh, it's amazing. Well, the guy who runs it is a really good friend of ours. And he uh, I never met the child before. The child's a year and a half now. So I thought hmm. we have to take this opportunity to at least pop into the bar, which opens at 8 p.m. It's hard to get your kid downtown in the nightlife at 8 p.m. Yeah. And we were wrapping up a dinner about then. So we walked into the bar and um, showed off Nico and then, you know, got him out of there within about 10 or 15 minutes and took him home and put him to bed. Nice. But uh, my uh, parents and I stayed in the bar and had a couple of drinks, but uh, Yumi took him back home. So it was nice that he got a little FaceTime in a bar. Today, we watched the plane take off from the observation deck. So I think that oh, thoroughly yeah. blew his mind. There's this massive, a good time. Yeah. Huge, loud thing that suddenly is airborne. Right. Uh, I think that was very entertaining for him. Blows my mind every time, too. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, <laughs> frankly. It should not happen. Um, another thing he did in the last couple of weeks, he, we were watching a comedian on Japanese television and it was an old man who was pretending to be an old woman. So he had like the wig and the makeup and mm. then he, he did this exaggerated old woman walk where he was bent over at the waist and like, you know, shaking and walking around. And, uh, then Nico saw it for like 30 seconds and then Nico started doing the walk. Wow. And it was the craziest thing. So at 18 months. I don't know if this is true across the board, but Nico at least started imitating a funny walk that he saw until he hunched over and bent over and walked around and he was doing it to ham it up. Like he could see that everybody was enjoying his silly walk. So that's how he was walking on and off for the rest of the night. He's like (laughs) imitating a comedian. So that was very strange. I didn't know he would do that. Yeah. And the final update, 18 months now, if you can, you know, look for these milestones in your old, in your own kids. Um, Nico is now obsessed with the ABCs and he says ABBs, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, But anytime he sees writing on anything, English or Japanese, he says ABBs, ABBs. (laughs) And his favorite book is the Dr. Seuss book, ABC. And uh, it's it's like a lot of poems or a poem about each letter. Nice. I should say one long poem that features each letter and stuff that starts with that letter. And he's recognizing a lot of them now. And he'll he knows what an A is, what a B is, what a C is. I think he can That's cool. pick P out of the bunch. He likes Z on the last page. It's really big. So he knows a few letters and hmm. um, he can say them and work on his pronunciation. Because wow. uh, when we sit on that C page, it used to be ABB and he just called it a B. But then C, he kind of started saying he and she and like that. And he's like developing with it. It's crazy. Interesting. So he's like getting a sense of it. And he demands the ABC book. Like he's trying to memorize these letters. Huh. Um, and he knows things on the pages that start with those letters and can like call them before you say them. You know, he knows what's coming. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I feel like I don't actually I don't know if he's fast for his age or if he's on time or if coda's just like really slow yeah coda's not even saying anything yet he's still just kind of grunting and crying Mm. that's his main vocal but yeah yeah nico's like way ahead yeah i feel like nico sits back and observes and is very cautious and so then like Mm. books and the abcs are something that he can dive into 
Interesting. Like, I can do this. I know what this is, you know, and that's how he engages with the world, kind of. Gotcha. I think Coda engages with the world by like bending the world to his will and, um, <laughs> you know, like uh, killing small mammals around your property, um, chasing down and tackling wild dogs, that sort of stuff. I think Coda's right. like, he's so action oriented. I, yeah, he's a little more timid than that, but yeah, he is definitely more. I'm just gonna go do this thing, yeah. Rather than sit here and think about this thing, yeah. And Nico doesn't have that in him really, so it's probably mm. just kids got to express themselves, and then it's gonna show up one way or another. Yeah, it's real hard to get Coda to sit down and like go through a book without yeah. him instantly just wanting to grab the book and then like either rip it apart, chew it, or just throw it. Yeah, he's gotten really good at taking things and just throwing them over his back now. Yeah, <laughs> just like let's take good. things, toss them. <laughs> Next, boring. Next. Yep. Um, that Nico can now sit through the ABC book, and you're talking fifty plus pages. Damn, wants to see all of them, wants to figure it out. So, I think it's like something that engages him, and uh, yeah, it has to come from him not really wanting to just grab the world by the tail kind of a thing you know he just like this is something i like and can do and suits mm. me so that's what he gets into well that's good that's good yeah but him like recognizing the abcs and then calling them he's that's his most frequently uttered thing now because there's writing all over the place right so if you have a little writing on your shirt or if he sees it in a shop on a sign or whatever he's like abbs abbs over there abbs <laughs> um it, it also made me reflect why do we say abcs like couldn't we just call it the abs and everybody would get it you know and why mm. don't we say the abcds there's something psychological about saying the abcs but i can't get to the bottom of it it's got to be something like phonetic like it just flows a little bit better yeah and abc just kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit easier yeah and it's probably kind of rule of threes, like yeah. you, need a, you need a third item to define that it's a pattern for real. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's not clear. Four is redundant. But, um, you know, he says ABBs and I get it. I feel like if you just said ABs, I would be on on his page. But right. anyway, that, that made me reflect. Nice. And I think we can draw to a close on the wild two weeks of Nico's life here. Well, that so, does sound like a pretty wild two weeks, and for you guys too. Yeah, we were all over the map with the grandparents in, and I'll cap it off by saying, very, very sad to see the grandparents go. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if you have felt this way before, but I feel like anytime you meet up with the family for vacation, uh, coming or going, you know, no matter who's visiting whom, um, it's with a kid. It's so much sadder to part ways then. Because mm. I feel like I can't adequately explain to Nico, like, okay, you're not going to see them for a long time. And then he's just kind of innocently like, oh, grandma. And then she disappears, you know? Right. Um, so I think we he was... have very different families. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have that experience at all. Okay. Coda's like, <laughs> enough already. Mm, let's get out of here. He does that with most people in the in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's like me projecting the feelings onto the baby and all that. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's just sadder. Uh, so anyway, that's something to look forward to for um, all of those of you 
unlike Mark, who have emotions <laughs> and process them. That's the pot calling the kettle way, way black, by the way. But um, anyway, nice. how yeah. about young Just... Coda? Um, Coda. Coda is not sick today. <laughs> hey, that's news. As of recording this podcast on Saturday afternoon, we have not had a fever for like 24 hours. Oh, my. Yeah, he's still got a little cough. So like I said before, he had that uh, human metanumovirus, mm -hmm. which is irritating. And he's given it to all of us. So now we're all sick and coughing. But he's fine now. Hmm. Which, good job, Coda. Just rub it in your face. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hold on a sec. I think I covered a bit. We were supposed to go to the hospital, but he got sick. Um, we ended up having to take him to the hospital. So we took him to the doctor on Monday because of the sickness and they did the test and they found out it was that virus. Mm -hmm. And then he didn't, he got a little better actually the next day, like the fever was gone. And then the day after that, it came back again for like two days straight. So mm -hmm. we're like, all right, we got to take this kid to the doctor. We can hear him like breathing really like raspy and heavy. So we take him to the hospital this time. And he had his first, we got a couple firsts here too, his first blood draw and Ooh. his first uh, drip IV. Oh, wow. That's wild for a one-year-old. Yeah. And I was thinking like I was holding him while the doctor was putting the needles in and the blood's popping out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if Justin would pass out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, likely. Yes. <laughs> you think you would? I would have, well, uh, I did hold Nico through a lot of vaccines. and Right, uh, but this was actual visible blood, like, almost squirting. Yeah, and if it's not my own kid, like, I felt a lot of uh, impetus to, like, get Nico through it, you know? So uh -huh. I think that sort of oh. commanded my thoughts on it, and then I I didn't get so lightheaded. But right. If it were another person's kid and I were just spectating, then I, I could easily pass out easily. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was quite uh, it was quite the ordeal for him, actually. It was pretty crazy. Like, they stick this little, like, miniature needle in him that has a little cup on the end. And the little cup's only, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a quarter of the size of, like, a thimble or something. Like, it's mm -hmm. pretty tiny. They just kind of jam that into his wrist up at the Ugh, top. Wow. And then they just let it pool. Ugh, like the doctor just kind of tips the cup until it pools and then That's they take crazy. another syringe and start like sucking the blood out of that little cup wow it's like what they would have done 200 years ago for yeah it's very old school <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah so then he filled up like a bunch of syringes at that he just kept going and i was like jesus man does he have any left like <laughs> yeah that's why babies are plump they're full I of juicy so. blood and uh, so he got that done, and then they stuck in the same needle with the cup, they stuck the IV in there, because so, I guess it's like a multi-purpose needle. Mm. And then they pretty much bandaged his arm as if he had broken a bone. <laughs> That's why. Because they didn't want him to move at all, and he hated this. Like, mm. I was holding his arm, but it was just like there was tape everywhere, and it was just like... It was kind of a traumatic experience, I think, for him. And he's uh, sick. And he's under, sick. Underlying yeah. all this. And he's a yeah. baby. Yeah. So, man. But I think the good thing about this was that the IV kind of helped him get over it a bit more. 
because mm-hmm. I think he was just a bit dehydrated. Like we really tried to keep him hydrated through the whole thing, but it's hard with the baby because sometimes they just don't want to drink. Yeah. And uh, so I think having that IV for like an hour straight kind of helped his body a little bit. And then the next day he was pretty much fine. So wow. I think it was good, but it was weird. Like when we were about to go in to do the whole blood draw thing, the doctor was like, do you, so do you want to hold him and then we'll take the blood? Or do you want us to like tie him down on the bed and put like a net on top of him so he can't move? And I was like, both of us, me and Moe, were like, yeah, we'll we'll hold him, obviously. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's got like the gun that shoots the net and he's putting it back away under the table. <laughs> he's like, God damn it. Another one. <laughs> but like, just like add trauma to this already traumatic experience like you're gonna net this kid (laughs) yeah yeah it's one Um, thing that i liked about going to the doctor with the baby in the u.s so the pediatrician in the u.s they take charge and they just know the best way to do it and they know that they know the best way to do it so they're like okay give me the kid and then lay him on the bed pin him down the right way and then give him the shot or whatever they have to do and I feel like I hate it. I've noticed this in Japan when I go to the doctor, they'll ask me something that I very strongly feel should be their opinion, should right. like win the day. Um, like, how much of this medicine you want to take? Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. have a medical degree. Tell me how much of the medicine to take. I've gotten to the point where I actually like that now because I'll usually know what I've got and I'll usually know what I need. And I'll, I can go to the doctor then and just be like, I need these things. Yeah give me these things and then they're usually just like okay i've never yeah. had a doctor say no to anything i've requested <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy that that works that way but like my uh perspective on it is if i go into a coffee shop that sells like the beans or whatever um i'm like you work with coffee every day sell me the coffee that's good like i don't really uh, what am I? I'm just some rube who wandered in here. I don't know anything about anything. And you're a coffee professional. So give me a good coffee. Like, what am I going to do? Oh, you that go. One's this, from... this one's 2000 yen, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll pay like on a bag of ground coffee or whatever. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's 500 up to 1500, 2000. I don't really care. Just give me one. I'll be fine. Man, you're the and ideal customer for coffee. I am. Shops. I am. But I do that across the board. It's like, um, like, uh, I don't know, at a bar, like, oh, do you have what cocktail do you think is good? And I've heard it said that uh, sometimes people don't like that as the yeah. server because yeah. they just want to be like instructed and they'll go get you the drink. But they know the menu and they know what's good. So just tell me. And I find I was, that that's the mark of a good server or staff, somebody you, with experience who can tell you, you what's good. You have never worked customer service. Yeah, I'm in a supermarket, but yeah, nobody's asking for your recommendation at a supermarket. I've worked in a in a restaurant, a coffee shop, retail stores. It's so irritating when people come in and be like, oh, can you tell me today what's going on? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm yeah. just like, oh, Jesus Christ, here's pasta, eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I have also gone into stores or like bars or whatever, and um, they'll be like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't, I can't tell one beer from any other beer in the history of mankind. So give me the beer that you have an overstock of that you're trying to get rid of. That's what I'll drink. Wow. And uh, even that's annoying to them. Like they want me to just make an order. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to help out the business. Just, yeah, give me something. I just it do doesn't not help though, because 
they keep the levels so close like it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah i just feel like you know i'm paying you you make the hard decisions and uh bring me something delicious <laughs> and i will never complain i will not like, complain. i just want to sit in this chair put a funnel in my mouth and yeah. i want to be drunk yeah Do does it. that does that alcohol got booze in it that's pretty much all i want to know and uh i'm also just not to get on a soapbox but like artisanal <laughs> drinks and craft beers and everything like what happened to being a good old-fashioned alcoholic that's the purpose is alcohol makes you drunk and i want to get drunk like give it to me in a kind of an efficient reasonable well, priced way I mean, that's the kind of the same thing as like talking about like wine connoisseurs then like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it all different? Like varietals and regions and names. Yeah. Taste. Yeah, man. It all comes down to taste. At the end of the day, nobody knows nothing because <laughs> every time you look at the research, it's like, oh, we poured the cheap wine in the expensive bottle and the expensive bottle in the cheap wine. And then in, <laughs> cheap bottle. in that case. In that case, I totally agree with you where there's yeah. a lot of like flubbing that can happen. Like wine, yeah. I will be just as happy with a $2 bottle of wine that I get at Costco versus like some $100 bottle I get somewhere else. Yeah. It does the same thing in my palate. Like I just can't tell the difference. Yeah. But if you give me like some Coors Light, like pale ale thing, and I wanted a stout, I'm going to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and you will slap it to the ground <laughs> and like a nerd's pile of books in high school. I will. Uh, I uh, We did a beer taste test once at the bar, the aforementioned Sturgis Rock Bar. If you're ever in Kanazawa, go there. Um, we did a beer taste test where we took like eight beers that were kind of notable known beers, you know, like some big, a big Japanese one or two, like a Budweiser, a Corona, and then some others. And we had somebody go around the corner and pour, like, here's beer number one into glasses. And we all tasted it and wrote down what we thought it was. He just and, peed in them all. Yeah, that's how it <laughs> turned out. How dare you ruin my story. Um, it was, uh, at the end, the best anyone did was to identify two out of the eight, which I think is random chance. That's random, and, yeah. Yeah, and then we did a second round of it, and the best anybody got was one out of eight. And yeah. it was like, and one of the guys participating was the bartender who drinks right. every night of his life uh, and orders the stuff for a living, you know? So at that point I realized, oh, I don't know the difference between any of this stuff. Just give me whatever. I could not care less. But that's the difference of like subtle different in the same category of beer you're talking. So you're yeah, talking yeah. like, these are all pale ales, like yeah, very like see-through the yellowest beer you could get. Yeah. But if you go jump up to like an IPA or something, these are different categories that, yeah. And then you go to a stout or a porter or anything else. And it's like, these are all different varieties of beer, not yeah. just the brand. Yeah, that's true. But I have no desires in me, whatever, whatsoever. And I just, it's like, again, does it have OH groups? Not to get all <laughs> chemistry major on you, but does it have OH groups at the molecular level? And will they mess my brain up? And that's what I want. Yep, that's uh, true. That's where I want to be. So that is uh, true. I've seen you not give a shit about any beer that anybody's offered you ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm silently but heavily judging people who do. 
like you don't know what you're talking about while i'm over here swirling it around in my glass and smelling it you're smelling (laughs) your kieran and swirling it in the glass right you gotta let it breathe yeah exactly Uh, yeah, I just, I think it's all puffed up kind of, it's like fashion or something. It's like, oh, is that good fashion and that's bad fashion? Does it cover your body? Fine. Next. That's all I want. (laughs) I do not care about this stuff. You do have one pair of shorts. So (laughs) I have the one pair of shorts. I, um, have cereal with water on it. I mean, a simple man. Yeah. I'm a simple man. I read a lot of stoicism and, um, (laughs) clearly affected me. Marcus Aurelius, uh, Seneca the Younger, that's all I ever did. Nice. Uh, not to get back, to try to get back to Coda, but uh, he also had another first experience that I skipped over, mm-hmm. and that was he had a, um, oh, God, now I'm blanking on it. It's not an MRI. It's the other one. It's Cat the, scan? Nope. E- less invasive. EKG? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, just like the you go in and they put the jacket on you and then they scan oh just an x-ray x-ray gosh yeah, there it is I told you i'm sick so yeah <laughs> simple english yeah uh yeah he had his first x-ray that one they did didn't ask us or anything i think they initially were gonna have moe go in but they didn't realize she was pregnant mm. and then we were trying to figure out like oh is am i gonna go in and i'll hold him but they were just like they had too many like instructions. There was like three te- technicians like running the machine. So they were just like, you know what? Just give us Coda. We'll do it. And then we'll just bring him back. Hmm. So we we're like, okay, well, this seems like the easiest thing to do. And uh, it was pretty quick, but you could just hear him crying the entire time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So for a baby's x-ray, they put a lead vest on him, don't they? I don't think so. I didn't see any of it because they shut the door. Oh, yeah. But I don't think so. I think they have that kind of panel wall mm-hmm. and they kind of press him against it, I think, was kind of the the way that I understood it. And then they just do the scan really quick of the section they want and then that's it. So he's laying down on a table? No, it sounded like it was going to be like standing or like holding him up and holding him against it. Wow, that's crazy. The x-ray must look weird with like huge like huge adult bony fingers like crisscrossing his chest and everything yeah i don't know how it looked they didn't show us the the scans afterwards uh that was kind of a question i had too is like could you tell it was a baby skeleton just by looking at the x-ray picture you You know i thought about asking it but then i was like i don't i don't really want that image in my mind yeah (laughs) yeah it's a little morbid in its way yeah Crazy. So I just I didn't bring it up. I didn't ask Moy to ask. So yeah, yeah, weird. Uh, but I think that was about it. Yeah, he's uh, like I said before, he's you know sixteen and a half months. He's walking really good now. He's getting around on his own. He climbed stairs today fully mm-hmm. by himself. Uh, so he's he's doing well in the mobility, but it's the the talking and the listening and. I think I think he understands and hears people talk to him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't respond mm. usually. Yeah. Like I can get him to respond sometimes when I call his name. And I don't know if that's because he recognizes his name yet or if it's because he just knows my voice and he mm-hmm. wants to come over to dad, which yeah. is his favorite place to be. Yeah. Well, does he um 
come out with something that you would consider his first word that he says routinely? Anything you can understand? No, it's a lot of the repetitive sounds. Da, 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 ba, ba, ma, ma. But not in any pointed way that you would think like, oh, he means that to be me. Yeah. No. It seems like he's exercising it, though, and then... It, it's probably one of those things that'll lock in for him and then it'll just cascade and he'll be like, oh, I can put this sound with that sound and he'll have a bunch of them That's all at once. my hope. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a lot of like the daycare confusion between language. Mm, yeah. We, I mean, I guess for our failures, we don't spend a lot of time like talking to him or reading to him mm-hmm. just because he has zero interest in it. And like, yeah. anytime I try to sit down with him he just hates like looking at the book and if i try to like even read the book he'll just climb all over me and just try to get me to stop yeah so it's pretty hard to even get that that going i'm hoping eventually once he gets older we can start doing like nighttime reads and stuff but yeah we'll see do you go around and just sort of constantly narrate the stuff that you do if it's you and coda because yeah. I personally, I could talk for 16 hours a day, and I think that's my <laughs> default position. So I feel like I should be talking about that long. Uh, so then I'm even worried that I'm annoying him with just chatter all the time. But um, if I'm doing anything, I'm like telling him about what I'm doing. But I guess you're doing that same thing. I do it probably not to the level that you do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I do it. Yeah, if we're playing or something, I'll be like, oh, here's a yellow train. Here's a red train. Yeah. And kind of as we're playing or walking around and yeah yeah that's good it'll all come online they're all at their own pace with that stuff and yeah yeah it's just a matter of it syncing up and it's like that the floodgates you know with nico like he just one day last week came out with the phrase abbs right and now it's all he talks about is abbs because their letters are everywhere and he calls the japanese ones abbs as well so anytime he sees them he's pointing them out and then he knows some of them now and now he loves that book and so it's just like it wasn't this way a week ago but now Mm. it's the only thing that he thinks or talks about is letters that's cool Um, and that means that he's learned them pretty quickly and it's like a week ago i wouldn't have predicted that this is where we'd be with the alphabet suddenly yeah they do get they pick up stuff really quick like with coda the walking i feel like it happened within like two days yeah like i remember we went to like a teacher sit down conference and we were asking the teacher like he's not walking like what can we do blah 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 the other kids are walking and then later that week he was like running circles around the little table yeah and i was like okay well that issue's done (laughs) yeah And we had exactly the same thing with uh, Nico walked very late. Like it was, you know, 16 months or so compared mm. to his cousin who was like 10 months. And uh, we asked the daycare the same thing. And they said, not worried at all. Every kid just gets up and walks when they want to. And it's yeah. like, what is he going to be, you know, crawling at age nine? Not likely. <laughs> so he'll probably just do it eventually. Depends and, how lazy uh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> he is very lazy. So that's something <laughs> to consider. Nice. But uh, anyway, updates galore. Hopefully, something akin to let's say segments and adjacent surfaced during yeah. our talk there. Yeah, I think so. It was it was good. All right, all right. Where shall we venture to yonder now? Let's go to Japati. <laughs> Yeah. Japati, a 
got a simple one. This is good for kids our age. I mean, our kids age, which is like one and a half. It's when they're interacting with other kids and there are things happening, like say on a playground or, you know, you have mm. kids their age over to the house. They need to take turns with things. Uh -huh. And the Japanese phrase uh, for turn-taking, something you can say is junban, this phrase junban. Uh, junban. Yeah, two kanji, uh, jun mm. and ban. And it basically, junban itself as a vocab item, it means like an order or, um, you know, uh, I would picture like uh, turns to be taken or people lined up or whatever. Junban is kind of order. And then you would say like junban ne. And uh, it means it's your turn or let's take turns or depending on the context. But right. you just say that noun and then you pop ne at the end. Jimba mm. ne and like let's take turns. Uh, so that's pretty handy. Uh, just today we were at a little play area and there were a few kids in Nico's age in this cushiony like pit, you know, with step down into and it's all cushioned out. And then there are these mm. big toys. And nice. it was just that situation where you're like, Oh, he's, yep, he's taking a toy from somebody. <laughs> and then he's trying to offer a toy and the kid's not taking it. And it's that early social interaction stuff. But uh, right. the Junban flies around a lot because you're trying to instruct the kids to just not, you know, beat each other over the head and steal their foam elephant from one another. So you'll want to address that. And Junban is a good way to do it. Mm, nice. That was Jupati. Let's head over to. Um, uh, yeah, I have a, I don't, I, I don't know if we've covered this before, but my question, cause I'm going to start doing this with Coda soon, hopefully, um, is Nico in his own bed yet? And then how did you, or do you plan to get him into it? Um, he's not in a bed generally, uh, part of it is that we had the family come over and we you have a mansion though. <laughs> yeah, we are in, we are in the compound here, so we could probably <laughs> carve out a little section, but we only have one bed bed for us, uh, oh, the adults. and, uh, rather than make my parents of their generation, like sleep on a mat on the floor or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. And rather than buy a whole other bed, we just, I moved our whole bed down to the guest room um, and oh, okay. set it up there. So that meant my wife and I now still um, were on a mat on the floor, kind of Japanese style in our bedroom. Gotcha. And I feel like putting Nico in a bed with the, like a crib, you know, with the rail all around it, you're really punishing yourself as the parent because anytime he gets fussy, you have to stand up and then bend over and do the big lift and then lay him down with you or whatever. Right. And it's just so much harder to get him or console him if he wakes up in the night. And then if I do that kind of action in the night, I'm awake. There's no going back to sleep for me yeah. if I'm up and down. Yeah. So for me to sleep through the night, it's easier if his little mat is next to our little mat on the floor. Hmm. Um, so I took the mat out of his crib and laid it down on the floor next to us. And, uh, that's where we are now. But, uh, hmm. three, three weeks ago when our bed was still in our room, now our bed's up high. Right. And then we've got the crib next to it and that's kind of at an even level. Yeah. So I was putting him in the crib and then, you know, lowering the wall down a little bit 
so that if he gets up and he's too fussy, I can just roll over, lift him out of it, and lay him with me to console him. Gotcha. Then I can fall asleep from that. So we're like, it's every week it changes. Something's different about it. But generally, mm. he's sleeping with us or on a, on a small mat next to us. Mm. And in the future, we're probably going to buy another bed or move our other bed back up or something, and then we might get back into it. But when he does sleep in his crib, the way is you lay down with him, give him a bottle, and then he falls asleep. And after he's asleep, I'll lift him and place him into the crib. And then uh, he can usually make it through oh, the night okay. in the crib. So, like, you don't have the yeah. fight of just leaving him in there to cry and cry to so, get himself to sleep. You guys are still giving him a bottle before bed? Yeah, he likes a bottle. He's a big-time bottle boy, and we still have, like, a big canister of um, formula made for one-year-olds, like that kind of next-tier formula. Oh, okay. So he <laughs> likes the bottle, I think, mostly it's comfort, and it gets his stomach really full, so it helps him sleep. Hmm. Um, so he generally wants a bottle to go to bed. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start in... I guess a couple of weeks when Moe goes to the hospital, she'll be there for the week after the C-section and her mom will be here in the guest room. And then when Moe comes back, I think Emma and her are going to take the master bedroom mm -hmm. and they're going to have that two, three hour wake up and feed all the time. Oh, yeah. So rather than put Coda through that, cause he's still in our room, me and him are going to move downstairs to the tatami room. Hmm. and my plan is to somehow get him in his crib there mm -hmm. but i think it'll be a little bit of a battle i've just got like a little semi double bed in there right now or even like a single i think it's a mm -hmm. single maybe yeah uh so i put his crib kind of next to that and the single bed is just on like wood slats on the floor basically so it's not very high and my thought is I can just kind of press that up against the bed yeah, and get him into his own bed and get him used to it more, but still be next to me. Yeah. You know, are you talking about the Brodish, by the way, or the crib? No, the actual crib, the Ikea crib. Okay. The one that turns into like a day bed. I'm just going to yeah. take the whole wall off and turn it into a day bed. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Those should be about level if you're yeah. low enough. The Brodish actually comes with that massive strap that goes all the way around your mattress and like yeah. attaches to your bed pretty solidly. Um, so the thing oh, that's always, true, it does. Yeah, I'm always worried about like a gap forming and then the kid like half going down the gap. Yeah, um, that kind of thing. So especially, I mean, a bed, your bed doesn't sound that that tall, so you could do it either way. But um, yeah, I'm going to put some like uh, pillows down. We have a whole bunch of like Zabuton those yeah. floor sitting pillows. So I'm going to yeah. put a bunch of those down on the edge of his bed. So if he does fall out, he's got something soft to land on. Yeah, uh, I think kids like rove during their sleep. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Nico's like halfway across the room or he's gone 180 or oh, dude, 270. Yeah. It's like nonstop the way he moves in his sleep. Yeah. So they'll eventually fall off and work their way out of everything. Yeah. But when it was in the bed, it was like my wife's on one side, I'm on one side. He's between us. So we know he's not going to roll off in either direction. Mm. When he falls asleep, then I would just lift him and put him into the crib, which is also this right next to the bed. Yeah. So somehow pin him down where he won't fall off. And then when he's knocked out, throw him in the crib. Yep. 
Okay. Well, that's my move too. Yeah. Hopefully it works. Yeah. Dad jokes then. I got three. I've got just two. Oh, okay. I'll start us off. Why did Piglet have his head in the toilet? Oh, um, so he could see the poo. Oh, yeah, that's pretty close. He was looking for poo. All right. All right. (laughs) That was the gimme. That was the one I told you you'd get pretty easy. Excellent. I'm glad I got it then. Okay. I can't decide if I want to be a writer or a criminal. I'm still weighing the pros and cons. (laughs) Lol. Uh, Good delivery. Good delivery. I like it. (laughs) Uh, My first home had a three-foot ceiling. I couldn't stand living there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very good. That's a very good. Okay, this one says, it's really difficult to say what my wife does for a living. She sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> nice. That's good. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult to deliver. Speaking-wise, yeah. uh, you have to not trip up over the punchline. That's hard. Yeah. That's good. Uh, an Italian guy went shopping for cherries and a microphone. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I had no idea where it was going. <laughs> uh, totally yeah, like, paid off. I like that one. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, um, we've got a little change to our outro here. Mm. See if you can pick up on it. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on the site formerly known as Twitter at JPops Podcast or by email at info at the JPops.com. Talk to you next time. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs>